Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. We pour our hearts into this show to try and inspire you to take your maybes, to take your shoulds, 
and turn your shoulds into what? Go ahead, unmute. Let me know. Turn your shoulds into what? Must. Exactly. Turning the things you should do. Most people should all over themselves. Anyone get that? <laughs> right? We're trying to turn your shoulds into musts, right? That's what this show is designed for. This show is designed for you to take like something that once seemed unreal to you and turning it into reality. So as I hop on a flight right now, okay, I'm, I'm hopping on a 7 a.m. Eastern time flight in Tampa going back to Philadelphia right now. We got something really special lined up for you. And I'm going to give you guys a, I'm going to give, I'm going to give them an intro before I pull them up on stage for today. Since I'm going to be on a flight, I didn't want to cancel my speaking slot. Instead, what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring up um, someone who's been with me on my entire growth journey uh, for, for the most recent piece of my growth journey in my business. Someone who, you know, saw basically my business go from, uh, you know, small to now 50 full-time W2 employees, right? And, and he saw all of the inner workings and all the, the discipline and the hard work and the innovation and the constant creativity. And oftentimes you guys hear from me, you hear, you know, all these motivational messages, but what you don't hear from is the 49 other people who are on my team that, that make all this stuff happen, right? So you don't hear the, you know, the battle stories of the things that go wrong, right? You don't hear the things, uh, you know, like us booking Magic Johnson for this last event that we had and booking Kevin O'Leary and how does that stuff actually work? How do we book those speakers, right? How do we, how do we organize all this mayhem? How, how do we hire 15 full-time people in, in 18 months, right? How do, we, how do we basically take a vision and turn it into reality? Hey, Bill. Yep. Sorry to interrupt. Um, someone in the chat said that they're trying to download your free resource, but the button to download is taking them to a page that says, oops, page not found. Mm. It just worked for me. I just clicked on it. Did it work for anyone else? Clicking that tools.smb team link at the top. Yes, it works for me. It works for me. Yep. Could be their DNS or something else, but it works for me. Yes. Yep. It, work for me, yeah. it worked for me as well, but thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Um, right. so, so how many of you would like to know how to turn your vision into reality? Can I get an unmute and a yes? If anyone's interested in that one person, yes. who else? Yes. Yes. I'm going to ask one more time. Yes. How many of you are interested in turning your vision for a great future into reality? Unmute. Yes. And say Let's yes. go. Yes. Yes. This is yes. the person on my team that does that. This is what's called an integrator. In the book Traction, okay, there's this concept called the integrator, right? And for me, that person is Brandon, right? Brandon Bowers. So you guys can see him on stage. Um, if, you, if you refresh, you'll see Brandon on stage at the bottom with the green bean. And, uh, and Brandon is going to be taking over today's session for me. And... What I want you guys to do since so Brandon is the COO of our company of SMB team. And again, he's been with me when I just had all these big ideas and big dreams and no execution. 
And now he's still with me after we've 500% grown our company, 1000% grown our company. So if you have a dream and you want to turn it into reality, Brandon's going to talk about stuff like, how do you build a world-class team? How do we have a team of 50 plus A players with nobody who's quit in, you know, years? How, how do we retain our team? How do we inspire our team with what's possible? How do we set clear goals to turn that vision into reality? So what I want to first start with is, um, before I hop on this plane, I uh, want to have you unmute Brandon real quick. Just uh, give everyone a quick introduction. So you can press that unmute button at the bottom right. Give us a quick intro, Brandon. Hey, how's it going, Bill? Great. Uh, how's it going, everyone in uh, Breakfast with Champions? Uh, Brandon Bowers. Yeah, I think I was just talking last night with one of our clients, and I'm just about coming up on the one-year mark with SMB. Uh, so I'm excited to share what that journey has been like. It has been one heck of a year. Uh, and as you probably can imagine, one year here, we probably get done what most companies get done in about four or five years. So it's been exciting, and uh, I'm excited to share it. Awesome. So I think what's going to really work here for you guys is if you guys have questions for Brandon on how do you add $10 million, $20 million onto a business in like one and a half years, now is your chance to ask those questions. So to get the conversation rolling, I want to have someone flash their mic on stage who's interested in learning how to add a, another 5 or $10 million onto your business in 18 months. Go ahead, flash your mic real quick. I just want to start gaining some. Okay, let's go to uh, Tamara. So Tamara, I'd love for you to kind of, Brandon is less extroverted than me, so I appreciate if everyone on stage could pull out like gems from him because they're all in his head. So go ahead, take it away, Tamara. And then I'm going to be hopping on this plane in a second. So if I don't respond back, that's why. Go yeah, ahead, Tamara. Absolutely. So Brandon, it's been awesome to see how Bill has utilized the power of events and conferences and things like that in order to bring life to his business and his ideas and all of yours. And so I'm curious, he mentioned in the queue up of you speaking, like bringing on Magic Johnson. We also just booked Magic Johnson for an event we're having here in September, but how have those events been powerful and what is the next step after the event? What does the funnel look like after they come to the event? Are you landing them as one-on-one -on -one clients, as group clients, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I will tell you, you are very lucky to have Magic. He was probably my favorite speaker, uh, and I think one of the best we've had of all. Yeah, the guy is just totally inspirational. Um, I think most people know him as being inspirational, but you know, a lot of times you hire these speakers, they come on these shows and these events, and you know, it's a paid thing, right? So they're coming on for a reason, um, and they're kind of there just to do a, a, a job. But he really made it feel like he was a part of the team. So I, I think you're going to be very happy with, with choosing him as a speaker. Thanks. We're so excited. He's coming in person, too, so it'll be epic. I'm so pumped. Oh, wow. Even yeah. Better. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's hear he, it. He What's was the phenomenal. Goal so you're asking about the follow-up after an event with, our, with the prospect? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, what's incredible, I probably have at least one person, you know, every other week write to me to get Bill and Andy to, to coach them on events because we've gotten that good at them. And so what's incredible is, is we actually have so many clients convert at our events, uh, which is pretty remarkable considering, you know, usually our, our tickets are maybe a dollar to $10. And then our 
package, you know, the package we're selling at the top line is $78,000. And so, you know, when I first came on board, we actually, Bill had just let go of both of our salespeople. And so I was stepping in and helping with sales. Luckily, I had a sales background. So, you know, it was me, uh, Bill, uh, his wife, Emily, um, uh, who's also our senior director of marketing, Dennis, who's our director of recruiting. You know, we're all in there helping to sell. Uh, and then when he and Andy partnered up, they just became remarkable at event sales. So we're closing a bunch from stage. The problem was we didn't have a sales team, right? So we didn't have a great follow-up system or process after to close more people. And so we've really started to work on that side. And we, we, we worked with a, a few outside sales companies, which can work for some companies. It, it didn't really work for us as well. Uh, and we now have a three-person sales team to do that event follow-up. So we kind of identify going into the event what our hot list are going to look like. You know, which which people are going to, how are we going to know who's the hot list in which order? Uh, and then we have a targeted approach from there uh, with our sales team doing immediate follow-up. So we have a whole sequence. I think the biggest key to that is rehearsing and going through those scenarios multiple times before an event. Um, I, can, I found that it doesn't matter how many times I, I tell our sales team or, or tell you know, employees in general what the plan is, they're always going to forget something, right? You can have it documented right in front of them. As Bill says, we call them EOPs, Excellence Operating Procedures, right? So we always have everything documented out. Emily always puts like amazing links and just makes it really easy for our team to follow up. So the easier you can make it, the better. Uh, and then we just we go through those scenarios multiple times, getting as many questions out as possible. Um, and then now the next step is just leveraging technology, right? So uh, we have a Monday board where everything is found. We have everything stored in there. Um, and all the, the people that close, the funnels, et cetera, the landing pages with our deposits, et cetera, everything funnels into there so we can kind of see real time what's happening. And then from there, um, it's a matter of having a really good sequence on like some sort of CRM or, or HubSpot. You know, we use HubSpot for ours and doing follow-ups. Um, and so like this whole week we have, we had booked consults, people were booking consults. So whoever didn't close from stage, we also threw a link in the chat to book a consult. This whole week, our sales team is just completely booked up. Uh, and so they're, they're doing that as well as we are, um, those are the closers that are taking those calls. And then our BDR, the business development representative is calling those hot lists to get more consults for the following week. Brandon, one follow-up question to that. That's all awesome sure. information um, is our, People who don't convert at that event, are they mm-hmm. commonplace coming to the next event? Have you seen or tracked the conversion like time frame from one event to another event? Yeah, that is a great question. And we actually, I was speaking with this with Emily last night. Um, we don't know the exact number. We're trying to, to get the actual data. I know we have it in HubSpot. We just got to go back and, and manually pull it. Uh, but it probably takes the average prospect two to three events to convert and i suspect part of which, that is which is why you can pitch culture. which is why you can pitch hard on every event because <laughs> right, they're right. always going to come back right that's good that's good that's awesome info brandon you're awesome thanks for the info thank you let's hey, Bill, I, you know i, I wanted to share i, I was thinking yeah and by the way um, hey brandon by the way before i hop on the plane sure. i just I'll let yep. you know I just I just invited Dennis up as well. Um, I don't. Okay, I, this is probably Dennis's first time on on stage. So, uh, Dennis, you click the bottom right. So Dennis runs all of our HR and recruiting for the company. 
So again, for everyone on stage, before Brandon shares his next tidbit, um, this is a this is an opportunity for you to learn tactical, like literal step by step tactical stuff that that's adding 10, 15 million dollars onto a business per year right now. Event sales, sales team building, recruiting, like all of the above. So if you don't unmute and ask questions, you're not going to get any answers. So go ahead, Brandon. Bill, I'll help too. If no, if, if anyone's silent, I can help cue the conversation. Awesome. I've got yep. thousands. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Bill asked us last night to, to step in here. And so, you know, last night I was thinking, um, you know, about what would be great to, to share. And I, I thought we were at dinner with our team and we just wrapped up a workshop with our clients. And we had a new team member who, you know, we work with attorneys and she was actually a marketing director at a law firm. And so she was following us uh, to your point, you know, for multiple events. Right. And, and not only did she want her firm to sign up, but she actually decided she wanted to, um, to work for us. And so Bill asked her a really good question. He said, you know, what did you expect the culture and the environment to be like here at SMB? And then what was reality? And, you know, she said, from everything I saw and what I read in the job post, et cetera, it talked about, you know, innovating and making changes quickly and um, making pivots, et cetera. And he's like, you know, well, did we live up to that? Is that, is that what you expected? Uh, and she said, it's actually that plus way more, right? And I think that is one of Bill's um, biggest strong suits, right? Is that a lot of companies talk about doing things. They talk about innovation and, and moving quickly. They talk about core values, uh, but they don't actually live those things, right? And, and Bill 100% lives all of those values, and we we do all those things constantly. And so I was trying to think of what what really makes you know SMB team uh, powerful, and and what makes Bill such a, a great leader, and, and what are the things that we do that helps us to to move quickly and to achieve a lot of success. And so I kind of narrowed it down to to five things, um, and so I think the first one is is commitment, right? Anything with Bill, you have to be 100% committed and fully in it. Um, most people, I think, aren't always actually committed. They say they are, right? But their actions, their words, all those things don't actually show that they're 100% in it. Um, and he demands that not only of himself, as you probably know, uh, but also our team, our clients, right? I mean, we actually, we just fired two clients last week. And... You know, part of that was because they were not committed. And so to work with SMB, to be, you know, even be a client, right? Bill wants to know that you're in it because he's going to give 100% every day. <clears throat> so he expects the same of everybody around him. Um, you know, once you have that commitment, I think number two is having massive goals, right? We just don't have goals. We don't have big goals. We have massive goals at SMB. And that's hard to do. You know, a lot of times he's got to coach the team around being okay with these really massive goals because most people, you know, it, it's daunting to, to see, you know, we'll set a, our last event. Um, our goal was a thousand registrants. And for those of you familiar with events, you know, that, that's quite a number. And I think our highest number before that was around 650. And so, you know, when he set that, everyone was kind of like, wow, like there's, there's no way we're going to hit this. Right. But, Bill was able to rally the team around getting fully committed to this massive goal. And we hit 980. So 
um, you know, you could say that's a failure, but I, I would say it's, it's actually a success because we never would have even come close to a thousand if we had set our goals at seven, you know, 800. Uh, the number three, I think, is being okay with failure, right? Bill is completely okay with having failures as long as we fail quickly. You know that old saying, like, fail fast. Um, try to avoid the, the, the catastrophes, right? Um, learn from the mistakes and then move on. And so I think, I know, the, you know, a past company of mine, you know, one of the core values was around being okay with mistakes and, 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 you know, it's okay if we learn and we do all these things, but then when somebody would make a mistake, you know, leadership would really come down hard on them. So they didn't live that core value. But in bet at, you know, at SMB team, what I, what I really love about Bill is that he, he truly lives that. He's okay with it, right? He's okay with having failures because he knows that's a byproduct of moving quickly and massive growth. You're going to have a lot of failures if you're trying to be a blitz scaling company. Um, the fourth, I think, is, is looking at money differently. I was speaking with our, one of our clients the other day at this event, and she said that one of the things that really made the difference in, in her law firm and how she's now able to grow is she, Bill convinced her of the mindset around money. Right. And I know it's an easy thing to say, especially when you have money. But you do have to start to look at money differently. Bill is not afraid to put money to learning, put money to marketing. Right. He knows that it's going to take money to be successful. And so, yeah, it might be different if you, you know, if you have 10 million, it's easy to spend maybe, you know, several hundred thousand dollars a year on, on certain things. If you have, you know, a million. Yeah. OK. Tens of thousands. And if you don't, it might look very daunting. But to get that initial success, to get to that million, to that 10 million, you have to be okay in the beginning at putting it on the line, right? And so you have to look at money from an abundance standpoint. And I think most people look at it from a scarcity standpoint. And so Bill does a great job at inspiring our team and our clients at looking at that abundance, whether it's money, whether it's the amount of clients, right? Well, we're not afraid of sharing our secrets. Because we know there's an abundance of clients out there. We're not afraid of, of competition. Um, and then I think the last thing is MVP. Can anyone tell me what MVP stands for? Minimal viable product. There we go. So, you know, as Bill said, like our, our trait pad, we're really big on assessments, right? We use predictive index. I've been, I've used culture index, Colby, disc, print. And, you know, Bill is a lower detail person. I have a little bit higher detail. That's why he brought me in to, you know, take this role on. And so I think one of the, the downsides to my, you know, it's, it's, there's always a plus and minus to every trait set, right? It's never good or bad. It's just situational. And, you know, so the good thing is I can see the details that he can't as we're scaling. The problem is when you're a detail-oriented person, you want things to be great. You know, how many of you can relate to that, right? You, you want things to be perfect before you launch. It's my first... It's my first webinar, my first product or service, and I just want to make sure it's all in place and, and have it perfect before I launch. And I really think that that is what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back. And I know for me, I had my own business for a while, and um, you know it was successful, but I, I probably could have been 10 times more successful if I had really embraced MVP at a much earlier stage in life. 
Um, and so Bill has really gotten me comfortable with MVP and just that minimum viable product. So, you know, we had a boulder, which is what we call our, our quarterly goals. And, um, you know, we realized we, we didn't really need this, this huge project for this, this one reporting and dashboard uh, boulder that we had. We really just needed the MVP version to get launched within 14 to 30 days. Right. And when you get comfortable with that concept, you can move so much more quickly because you can figure out, okay, what is, what do we need to just get out the door to have some success? Right. And then you can continue to innovate and, and adapt after that. And so I think when you get comfortable with MVP, you're then comfortable with taking quick action and that will lead to much more success, much more quickly. So I just wanted to share those little, uh, five, five keys that I, I kind of downloaded that I thought that, uh, was really a true to, to build success. And I'm sure everyone, I know I, I listen to this usually every week and I, I know everyone follows Bill and, and can probably sense those things. But just from, I thought it'd be different from my perspective to kind of see what, uh, what we- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. We see on the inside. Uh, Brandon, so do you have any I questions ask, around those? Can I ask sure. you and probably Dennis collectively from an acquisition perspective, because I probably have very similar movement, pace, energy, far outlandish ideas as Bill does yeah. when it comes to being a leader, um, but you all being leaders in a different sense on the team, what is the um, retention methodology that you feel Bill is best at to keep you guys ignited, to keep you not exhausted, to keep you, you know, consistent in your action? I'll let Dennis. Uh, hey, like first. this is Dennis. Here since the beginning. Oh, hey guys, this is Dennis Berry. Uh, like I handle all of the culture and recruiting here. Uh, but like, I think the main thing is the vision. Like it all goes back to the vision, right? Like I was the second hire here. And since day one, like when I first met Bill, like he told me the vision, like I thought that he was crazy, but the vision never changed. And like, I honestly think that, you know, Bill's, um, Bill's drive is just so infectious. And, you know, when you recruit A players who also want to grow quickly, you know, like it's easy, right? Because like when I recruit, the number one reason why people are looking for new jobs like is because they have hit a ceiling, right? And like, there's no room to grow or maybe the, uh, the place they're working at has no vision. They're just clocking in and out, right? So when they come here and they actually see like the drive, they see the big goals, they see all of us rally around, they see us miss goals, but celebrate. Like that's the, like, that's the thing that keeps the team going. And that's why we have such a unique and great culture. Like is like, it all comes back to the vision. Do you feel like from a compensation perspective, it has there been since you've been there since the beginning and you've seen the growth, did you start out at a lesser, you know, cost input thinking with the hope and the vision of there will be more? Did that keep you in traction or did he pay high out the gate? Uh, well, Bill definitely paid me uh, more than what my current um, like employer was paying me. So he did pay more like right out of the gate, right? Like it goes back to just investing in, in your team 
and doing what it takes when you know that your vision is clear, right? Like Bill has no problem, just like what Brandon said, Bill has no problem with investing into the vision, right? Like he has no problem with spending X amount and we go, <gasps> but Bill already sees the end goal, right? Like Bill already sees uh, what's happening like after like the event. So, um, so yeah. Cool. Thank Can you. Can I add one thing to that real quick? So, you know, we just upped not too long ago, all of the salaries on our, on our job boards, right? Um, part of that was just the market. The market has been dictating higher salaries. It's, it's, you know, it's a candidate's market. It's no secret. And I know a lot of people here, you know, may not have a lot of employees or they're looking to make their first employee higher. And so it's a, it's a very scary thing. It's a big cost. It's a big investment. Um, you know, then you're going to be responsible for somebody for a salary every month, et cetera. But I will say you are better off over, like not overpaying, but paying a high amount, offering a higher salary and finding the top of the top that you can find and not settling for somebody, you will have much more success, especially if it's a first hire. I really believe, you know, your first couple hires, if you can hire the top person you can find and just pay the most that you can afford, you're going to have much more success early on than trying to find the bottom of the barrel candidate and, and go on a cheap budget, right? Uh, I actually think that's going to hold you back more because you're going to spend more of your time um, training that person, retraining that person, you know, dealing with all the issues. Maybe there's drama, et cetera. Where if you find that, that really top A-plus level player, they're going to help you jump forward in your business tenfold because they're going to take on so many of the things that allow you then to be that CEO like Bill. Hey, Tamara, can I ask a follow-up? Great. This is Ramon Ray. Thank you. Uh, who is that? Brandon. Brandon for being here. Great <laughs> to see the other part of the Bill Hauser team. And also, you know, the names, you can't see the whole thing. Dennis, Dennis nice yep. to see you both here. Curious uh, for either of you, um, why did you pick a thousand people at the conference and not say a million, not say a billion? Not say we're going to have 10 trillion at the conference. You, yeah. I'm saying that jo jokingly in a way, but meaning sure. is there some rhythm to the quote unquote Bill madness? Because a guy like Bill, and I say this in fun, you know, a guy like Bill, why didn't he say, okay, Brandon <laughs> and Dennis, we're going to have 10 trillion people at the event. Why not? Did it just come out of your rear ends or was there some thought to know, no, we can't do this. We're not going to even say this number or this is too low if you get what I'm trying to ask. What's the theory behind it? I do 100%, and, and you know what? You're not far off the mark because there are times that he comes in and <laughs> says some things and we're like, oh, there's no way in hell, right? There's no way this is going to happen. So, um, yeah, he, he will make very lofty goals at times, uh, but it, it is based on data, so it's, it's, it's pushing the envelope, but our marketing team has a lot of information, a lot of data. Uh, you know, we, like I said, we use HubSpot, we have funnels, and so Bill is also, as you guys know, you know a voracious learner and reader. And he's constantly talking to others and seeing what the market's doing and how many people are people. So he has a good idea of what other events are doing at the highest levels, right? So he takes that and sees what we did in our past one. Uh, like I said, I think our last goal was, was 700. We hit six something. And so he knew that if, we, if he just kept pushing there, it wasn't going to be enough. Um, you know, but I think he had enough data from speaking to others uh, and seeing what the highest, you know, events uh, we're getting to know that something like a million would not be achievable, right? Um, plus, we also know our numbers on the back end of what it costs to get somebody there, right? So we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these events happen, but you know, it, obviously, it, it would not—we um, would not be able to afford 
trying to get a million people there because of the cost of advertising to be able to get that to happen. And we wouldn't be able to fulfill it on the back end with our services anyway, right? So it wouldn't it wouldn't serve us. So uh, it's a great question, and it's you know it's it's definitely having these massive goals, like I said, uh, but using data to determine what those massive goals can be. Thank you so much, Tamara. Back to you, or or Brandon or Dennis. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, does anybody else have any questions? Um, yeah, I don't want to commandeer because I know this is an epic session. So you guys, any other questions on stage? All right. I will say going back to, um, you know, Dennis is also in charge of our culture, right? And and I know you asked uh, about kind of like what keeps that retention. I, I really, I, I want to reemphasize, um, you know, Dennis mentioned vision, right? And part of that vision is having these core values. And I think most people <clears throat> talk about core values a lot, but never live them, right? And this is a big responsibility on Bill and on Dennis, and you know any leader in the company, myself included, um, but really Dennis, you know, owns this, and that is the one thing I think that really separates us from our competitors and from just other companies in general, and why people love coming here. When, when you come into our office, every candidate has always said like the energy is palpable, right? They, they just they, there's something different in the air; they can feel it. We talk about core, we hire and fire to core values. We talk about core values every day in our morning huddle, right? I mean, you will hear our team use our core values constantly, giving gratitude to other individuals. Um, and I think because it's so authentic and you can see how real it is and that, you know, Bill is just not full of it, um, it's, it's very inspiring, right? And I think Bill is also constantly pushing that envelope and, and like Dennis said, talking about the vision and he's just such an inspirational person that that is really what, what gets people bought in, right? And, and we don't really want people who aren't bought in because it's, you know, being an entrepreneur and especially in this type of environment of a fast-paced company, it's not easy, right? And it's not for most people. Um, and that's okay, right? A lot of people do very well and thrive in an environment where there's a lot of process and things are already developed and it's, you know, secure and they can just go in and, you know, do their thing and then leave at the end of the day. Um, being an entrepreneur, working at an entrepreneurial company um, is not an easy task. It, it, it requires a lot of somebody, right? Um, and so I think a lot of people just, they can't, um, they can't do it. And so if you're not truly bought into the vision, if you're not truly bought in at what we're trying to achieve here, um, you'll never be able to make that. And so we have also gone back and revisited. Dennis has been working since basically the time I got in here. We, so he started on this project of recruitment. And Dennis has completely revamped our recruitment process, you know, down to every job title, every job post. Um, we do blueprints, which is, is our foundational piece. When we're, we're going to make a hire, we do a blueprint that talks about you know, who is this candidate reporting to? What does that role look like? What are the responsibilities? What are the, you know, the Colby traits that we want this person to have? And what's the ideal candidate look like? Um, what's the experience level? What's the pay? Uh, you know, what are the non-negotiables in this role, et cetera, et cetera, right? So we've gotten really good at finding who those candidates are at the front end as well. And I think that has helped much more at the retention level because we're bringing in people that we know are going to be able to be successful. Brandon, out of curiosity, are all of the employees in-house or are they virtual as well? 
we you know we have a, a combination actually one of the the challenges we have right now when you know bill bought into another company you know we ended up merging a, a big company together so you know we had this big merger that we we led at the end of last year into this year and when we did that the company that we bought uh had a lot of virtual team members so we were pretty we had one virtual team member prior to that the rest were in our office and that created a really unique challenge for us right so now now we're at what dennis 45 people yeah yeah i believe it's closer to 50. yeah we have a few people coming on board so yeah we probably are at 50. um and i would say maybe 20 some are so about half are uh virtual now and so it does make it very difficult and then you know on top of that we obviously have some freelancing and and you know, some VAs and some, some other people that, that work virtually um, around the country and around the world. But, um, it, you know, that I think that does present a, a very unique challenge. And this is kind of on Dennis's plate, which is, is how do you then bring that culture together and those core values? How do you make that live and, and be felt throughout the entire team virtually as well, right? And, and also when it's a hybrid, you know, some people that are in person, some people that are virtual, it's a, a heightened challenge. Yeah, Dennis, I'd love to hear your opinion on that and, and what's your you know, methodology and investment in creating that retention and culture, even though there are people who are virtual, because I know there's a lot of people in that space here in Breakfast with Champions. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, like it starts with the simplest thing, right? It starts with being real, being honest uh, and being open, right? And the number one thing that I want to make sure is that all of the team members, they have the resources in which they need to succeed like as well as they feel that they're being hurt, right? So a great way for that is we hold weekly one-on-ones, right? Like all of the managers, they hold like one-on-ones and this isn't, you, you know, just the airy fairy, oh, like, how are you feeling? Like, of course we care about that, but we also wanna focus on the KPIs as well, right? So it's a nice balance, right? Like we want to, like want them to feel like they're being heard so they can express whatever is top of mind for them. Um, as well as go into, you know, how are you performing and like, just are there things that, you know, we need to change? Do you need more resources? Things like that. So that's a good way um, how we have found uh, to boost the culture um, as well as move fast, right? Because like you all have worked in companies where you maybe A, have been scared to speak up or, you, you know, gossipy, or maybe that's just your personality trait, or maybe you just don't think that, oh man, well, nobody cares and they're not going to listen to me. Or maybe you speak up once and you, you know, like nobody like hears you and you take it personally. So uh, I don't want to build a culture like that. Like I, like, I just want everybody to feel free and be able to speak up. That's another great thing about Bill, right? Is that when you go to some companies, you never see the CEO, you're scared to talk to the CEO. The CEO walks in, like everybody straightens up a little bit, right? Like that's not Bill right like bill has his own office but bill uh works with us all right like we have a whole working like area um and then bill comes out there and brainstorms with everybody and then it's never like a do this do this do this like it's always a question right it's always a how can we push this forward or what do you think about this to every single team member right so every single team member feels like they can go to bill right because that's just like how he is so i mean you know the culture is just really team member focused. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, we, we really do a lot together, right? You have to have that, that every morning we have a huddle 
858 Dennis leads our huddle, right? And, and it's um, keeping everybody on the same page and informed. And then we do some, some fun events after work as well, right? We did like a wine yeah. tasting. We've got a, a painting session coming up one night. Um, so it's doing things for that, that additional team building outside of, of the daily hustle. Yeah. And then like, this is all for virtual, right? We had a virtual wine tasting, uh, things like that. And that was actually one of the questions because, you know, I think the team building aspect is super critical and mm. knowing that you can play together as much as you can vision cast together allows there to be that, like that understanding that it's not family, but there is a family element to it. And so that was something I actually hired friends out the gate, which has been interesting as I've transitioned mm. to leading those friends. And it's yep. been a challenge because yeah. on the move and constantly calling them higher. And so there is some tension that can transpire. And so um, recognizing that even as you bring in partners, there is an element of friendship to that. But partnership, when it gets down to business, has to come first. Hey, Tamara. This yeah. Is can I add one thing about friends and, and close people? Please. You're so right. And again, and again, uh, Brandon and Dennis, thanks for this great session. But Tamara, I just want to echo that. Even in our family, we debate, should Ramon hire people within my church? People know I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I don't have big, big, big bundles of wealth, but God's blessed us. And once in a while, hey, Ramon, can I do blog writing for you? Hey, Ramon, can I manage one of your events? I'm like, brother, I'd rather have us enjoy Jesus and communion and smile then me have to fire you or you do something. So I'm like, probably not. So that's that's kind of for me where I'm leaning towards. It's like if you're church or family, I'm not saying a hard no, but it's probably very slow if I might ever hire you just because of that. If something goes wrong, now we got to raise hands or hold hands or be at Thanksgiving, and you know I just fired yeah. you. That's kind of <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I think it goes back to I, I guess just the person that you are right so people who know bill like they know bill is a high performer they know we have a team of uh top 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 tier talent right so like people come up to bill all the time like friends and family and then bill says oh yeah like just go ahead and reach out to dennis and then we're going to put them through the whole recruiting process right so just if they make it through there then like they are an a player right so so that there is no favoritism or things like that right so so yeah like it all comes down to like who it is right so I, I mean friends can be hired like as long as they are like a players and knowing that they will be hired and fired off of the core value like beliefs right exactly like, exactly Dennis I want to add one thing to it's Alexa in the the green bubble good morning everyone um happy to be here this is a tricky one guys you know I I've in my career hired over probably 500 people and probably fired a couple hundred and I've hired friends. I've hired family. I've hired, uh, you know, strangers. I've hired people outside of the country, in the country, you know, so I, I've kind of experienced it all. And, you know, I feel like there's pros and cons to everything, but what I've learned in my career is hire for the talent and the skill and not for the person. Um, you know, I've done favors for people and it doesn't turn out. And, you know, the most important thing is to remember that your responsibility as a CEO is to run a, a business. And that comes first when it comes to the business. Um, and it's hard sometimes, but what I've learned in, in hiring is, is really just figure out who's the, what's the right skills that you need. I don't actually really care so much about experience. I care more about skills um, and personality than anything. Um, and if you're a family member and you're the right person for that position, then great. But the most important thing 
in hiring anybody, especially friends or family, is expectation. What is your role? What is my role? And respect. You have to respect my role. I'll respect your role. And no matter what it is, family, friends, because I've had people that weren't family and friends that, you know, I've brought on as equal partners, even though I'm the CEO and we have equal shares, I'm still the CEO. And that wasn't necessarily um, in, in the expectation um, in the beginning and it wasn't set. And so I had to reset that. So just small little tips that I learned along the way from mistakes I've made is just make sure you set the proper expectation and make sure to just hire for skill, not for the actual person. So Alexa with a green background. 1,000, uh, like one, one uh, like great point. And that's why we have the employee blueprints, right? Like that Brandon was talking about, which like accurately lays out the roles, right? Like lays out uh, what KPIs they will be responsible for, right? And then this blueprint, like it has the growth path of what this role can grow into. That way, when I uh, phone screen people, or maybe they may have questions like it's all laid out right like we can use this in the one-on-ones we can use this in the onboarding uh just so that um that candidate or new hire knows exactly where they are what they are responsible for and like the growth uh path as well so like great point yeah and, and just to uh piggyback on that I, I think the biggest mistake that most people make when they hire friends and family is breaking their process right we have this employee blueprint that does lay out exactly what we want. The, what are the traits? What what are the skills that are necessary to do this job? Right? What is what is going to be successful? What will success look like? Who can be successful in this? You never want to set somebody up uh, without success. And you probably have heard it a lot of times. Right people, right seat. Right. So we we really live by that. And I think what happens a lot of times is people um, they have a friend or a family that, you know, needs a job, et cetera. And so they just bring them in and say, okay, great. Yeah. I have this role. It's open. You can do that. Uh, but if they don't have the necessary skills or, or traits that are actually likely to be successful in that role, the chances of success are greatly diminished. And so that's usually where the conflict comes in is because we put them into a role where they actually don't have a good chance of, of being successful. And so they might be an A player in the right role but you put them in the wrong role, in the wrong seat in your company, and all of a sudden they look like a B or C player, right? And so then you have to have those difficult conversations. So whenever we look at friends or family, we stay true to what that job is. Uh, I like the point about the company comes first, right? The company is the most important. I always treat it as a living, breathing thing of its own that we have to protect. Uh, and then you don't break process. So we will still make sure that they align with that blueprint, and we're still gonna go through every step of our funnel in the hiring process as well. We don't break any steps. Yeah, and then uh, one thing, because like I am the culture guy, so I gotta bring it back to that. Like it's also, are they a culture fit as well, right? Because they could check all the boxes and they could get the job done, but just if they aren't a culture fit for your company, then it might not be it, right? Because we have had A players who are rock stars, it's just that we move too fast for them, right? Like they're more fit for, you know, a bigger corporate suit and tie type company, right? So that plays a huge part uh, just in it as well, um, is how do they fit into your culture? Like just if you have a freelance culture and the only thing you care about is knocking out these tasks, then okay, cool. But if you're building that culture, that culture aspect is super important. Yeah, that's all incredible feedback. I feel let 
I, I'm finding some conviction points, right, in myself of like, oh, I've done this or I've done this or I could do this better. So thanks for the insight. I think as we close in on the, the final hour, there's a, a one topic that we really haven't talked about, which is what B Bill kind of queued up for us, and that's the money, right? People want to go from <laughs> six figure to seven figure, seven figure to eight figure. Talk us through some of, from your perspective, what are some of the methodologies that you think have gotten you to that place um, with these internal roles to be able to support the mission and vision that Bill had? Sorry, can you ask the last part one more yeah, time? Yeah, it, from the perspective, from your position and perspective, how do you believe mm -hmm. you all have scaled so fast from a monetary perspective? What has your role maybe done specifically to get you all to that place? Um, well, you know, it's a great question because it kind of ties all those things we talked about, right? Those, those five steps that I talked about earlier all play a part yeah. of it and having the right people in the right seat, right? So I think when, when I came into the organization, you know, there was nobody really running operations and, and Bill was kind of doing it. Emily was kind of doing some of that um, and nobody was truly owning it, right? I think the, the amazing thing about uh, this company is that we honestly, we were talking last night, like we, we can't think of anybody on our team who's not an A player, right? And we're able to let people truly own it. If, if anyone's familiar with like EOS traction, you know, they, they, when the CEO, they talk about like letting go of the vine when, you know, an operations person comes in. And Bill did that with me, right? He let me just truly own my role. And, and that means he's removed from a lot of decisions, right? And that's tough for a CEO, especially if, you know, you're the owner of the company, the sole owner. Uh, you've been the, that person for many, many years, but there are a lot of decisions that I'm able to make without him. Um, and I think a lot of people don't do that, right? They don't let, they don't like kind of like pass that baton, even though that that's what's necessary so that he can focus on the vision. He can focus on the future, right? And so because he was able to do that and let me own my thing, that allowed us to scale, right? Well, as soon as we did that, all of a sudden he's out there and when we instantly bought that company, we had a merger. Uh, you know, he, we perfected our event process. And so we really scaled quickly once we got on the same page. I mean, it, you know, it takes a few months, obviously, to get to that point. Uh, but once we did, we were really able to scale. In turn, I tried to do the same thing with the management team that I lead, right? I let them own it, right? If you try, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they're, you know, they, they live, again, we talked about like not living in that fear, Right, so you have to get out of that mindset of fear. When you when you're in a fearful mindset, you're gonna hold things in. You don't allow things to happen. Right, Th things come to people who are open-minded, people who are looking uh, for abundance or, or see things in an abundant way and, and looking for that positivity. And so I think, you know, we understand again all those things, right? Being okay with mistakes, uh, not afraid to invest. Well, that's why because we're okay with those things we can allow our team to own their role. We find the best person we can for that role. And then we say, you own it, right? And I don't, I don't micromanage my team. I, you know, there's times where we'll have our one-on-ones like Dennis said each week, right? And, and people will come in and they'll have some problems. And what I try my best, it's very easy as somebody, you know, who has maybe a little bit more experience to come in and when they ask a question like, oh, what should I do in the situation? Just to say, do this, do that, do this, do that, right? But then the team doesn't learn, they don't grow. And you can't let them really own their role and figure it out for themselves. And so um, there was a book called No Rules Rules by Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix. Uh, Bill introduced me to it. And this is one of the best books I've, I've ever read. And it talks about a concept uh, of context, not control. 
So you don't want to control the team. You don't want to control every part of the company. You want to give your team context, right? What, what is like our end vision? What are we trying to achieve? What's the budget around this, et cetera? What's important? And so in those one-on-ones, I can try to do the same thing, right? I give context, not control. I let them make the decisions. I ask questions. I try to help them get to the answer themselves because that's developing their skills and, and allowing them to truly own it, right? And that might mean it's going to come with some failures, right? And, and maybe, you know, I could have just gone in and figured it out myself and done you know, and known what to do and avoided that, that simple failure, but it also doesn't allow us to grow as a team, right? That's, that's, it's not going to get us to the end goal faster. So because we're okay with that failure and we allow our team to really own their roles, they can go in and figure it out. And yeah, there might be some little bumps along the way, but we just adapt and we change quickly and because we have the right people in place, ultimately they're going to thrive. And so I, I really think that having that team in place has been one of the, the keys to success in our, our fast growth. I don't know, Dennis, if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I was waiting on him. Dennis, do you have anything that you would say from an internal perspective helped grow from seven to eight figures, nine figures? Uh, yeah, like I think it's just realizing um, what got us here is not going to get us there, right? Like once we made that switch of, you know, hiring, like making sure that there's no exceptions, that we are hiring A-list players, like, I think that that was the true shift, right? And it's going up market and paying what we need to pay, right? Because I'm sure all of the business owners, I'm sure you all are like, ah, like, I don't really want to pay this person like more than this or more than that. But really, you got to look at it of uh, what is this person going to bring to my team, right? And then that is going to be way more than what you pay them, right? So I think that uh, truly hammering down and uh, focusing on bringing in like A players as well as um, focusing on the internal culture and current team, right? Because we want to make sure that all of like our current team is happy as well. Yeah, and, and the one thing with that too, I think you know, my, my first bullet point earlier was about being 100% committed, right? I think the one thing that everybody has to, to look into themselves as an entrepreneur, if you're, especially if you're just starting out, um, is like, are you truly committed? Do you have the conviction? Uh, I don't think you'll meet somebody <laughs> that has more conviction than Bill, right? He is so bought in to the point where his vision, like he, he sees uh, future truths, right? So like he's so committed to what's going to happen that he already thinks it happened in his head, right? That's how committed he is to it and how much he believes in it. So, you know, just being that committed and having that much conviction that we are going to be successful gets us through a lot of the rocky times. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, again, it goes back to that fear that they're not truly convinced that they're going to be that successful. They're not 100% in. Uh, and so when you have a little bump in the road, you have a little failure here and there, it's very easy to retract. It's very easy to, to pull back. Maybe it's pull back your ads, but maybe it's not hire that next hire. Um, you know, not go out and do that extra work because you're, you know, you're stressed or whatever it is. But, you know, Bill is so, uh, you know, convinced that we're going to get to this number that he already sees in his head. He already thinks we're there, right? That's how, that's how convinced he is. And, and, uh, and I think that inspires the team. Well, I think about so, that, uh, Brandon, like yeah. the topic conversation this morning has been all about becoming your own prophet, right? And we talked about, mm being able to see vision and being able to activate vision and speaking life into that, which that's what prophesying is. Like he's prophesying into yep. his future. 
And so one additional element is the recognition of whenever Bill's speaking, he has that like attunement and alignment element to who he is. And he does speak about his physical health and his mental health and his relational health and his emotional health, like all these pieces, which then create this magnitude of momentum because we know and we explore often in this room about when a piece of self is broken, all energy goes to that brokenness, right? Everything else kind of stops and holds while you get that other piece in alignment. And so I'm curious, how do you all help nurture one, him to stay in alignment, but two, your all's elements of alignment as you show up for the vision? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, Bill is, is very, um, you know, holistic in, in his approach, right? It's all elements of you. And so I think he talks about that a lot. I mean, again, all the things that he talks about here, all the things that he talks about in our events, and we talk about with our clients and our coaching sessions, we, we practice all these things, right? So, uh, Dennis, you want to talk about what we just started doing, what you just started launching with our team, with our sessions each week? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. With the, uh, the, That's uh, not, oh, like, I'm so sessions. sorry. Like, I'm so sorry because, <laughs> like, Bill, like, that's when Bill's so used to uh, running the events and speaking. Like, I'm here, like, trying to read the chat. Like, I'm trying to manage <laughs> no no stuff like that. Okay, so, but, mm -hmm. Well, so what Dennis started doing each week was, was we launched, like, meditation sessions for our team, right? We're, we're moving so quickly. We've had so many clients on board. We have so many projects we're doing, et cetera, that we want to make sure our team is taking the time for themselves as well, right? Yes, and they, making sure that they're being holistic. Yes, yes, yes. So um, recently, like as of two weeks ago, because last week was the uh, boot camp, um, we started doing Zen time, right? So this is a 15 minute time where um, all of our team members can join on Zoom and then we can uh, do stretching time. We can, med uh, we can meditate. We can do Pilates. Um, just another um, way how we can connect in some way, right? Because we all get lost in the day to day. Right, we all have our like to-do list. We all have things like it may be stressful, it may not be, but I just wanted to kind of have this time so we all can come together and like connect again, right? Like we'll do breathing, um, just to show them that like, hey, like we get it. Like this is a fast-paced environment. We all are feeling it, so let's just take some time to breathe and then let's get back at it and keep crushing it. Yeah, and, and it's, I think it's really important, too, like Dennis said, in our weekly one-on-ones, we are checking in on our team, right? So, you know, we talk about things. We talk about our personal, professional, and financial goals, right? Because we want to we make sure that, you know, we're looking at our team as, you know, the humans that they are, right? And everyone has this personal side. And, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, Tamara, it, it's not, you know, like too, too family, but there is kind of a, a sense of that, right? So um, we do care about our, our team. And so, you know, we're checking in, we're seeing how they're doing. That's like the first thing I do in each one-on-one, -on -one. you know, how are you doing? How are things going? Right. I want to make sure that they're okay. There's nothing going on that I should be aware of and know. Um, and I think it starts with that. And then it, it, it goes to the, the joint efforts like Dennis is doing now. Um, and then Bill talks about all the, the other sides of life, right? Getting to sleep, getting the, the exercise, eating right. Uh, so, I mean, he's a living demonstration of this every day. I mean, he has meal prep, you know, that's, it's, done by his trainer that's sent every, you know, every week. And so um, what you see is what you get, right? And so he does a great job at uh, teaching the team the same things that he teaches everyone here each uh, week, as well as our, our clients each week in the coaching sessions. Yes, yes, yes. Because Bill had me work out uh, just on this trip. 
like every day. So at 6.15, like Bill would call me. And uh, yeah, you know, like let's just say that, you know, I wasn't up yet, but you know, I definitely uh, got up. I ran to the gym because, you know, Bill is like how he is 24 seven. So like I made it to the gym at 6.20, but you know, he wouldn't let me hear the end of it. So yeah. Well, I, I think this has been an incredible hour. I think through all of the things I just learned and also to know that the people surrounding Bill are keeping him in motivation because I know he's blessed so many people in this space. So just kudos to you too for being who you are and showing up in your full identity and not having to shape shift to be anything else. I feel like just the authenticity of who you guys are and I'm appreciative. So if we could just all unmike and give Brandon and Dennis some kudos, some cheers and a breakfast of champions way, let's just shout them out. What a fantastic segment. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And hey. camera, great job moderating and bringing out from these two kings. The oh, man. Thank you all for having us. Like, thank you all for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you It was you amazing. Yeah, thank camera, you guys really for everything. It. We hope to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, as you know, we have that tools bundle. You guys can, can, can download that for free. And, you know, hey, if you want to be a part of this great team, we're always looking for those eight players. So you can email Dennis at uh, smbteam.com and uh, – and Brandon? Yeah, we have, we have plenty of roles available. Brandon, can yes. I just touch on one thing? I just want to say that our team in the back end there, Christina in particular and others, we found that the link does work, but just so you know, there could be something a bit wonky with the download. So I'm just going to make an audible. Mm, okay. Everybody, you can find Dennis and, Bra and Brad online. You can DM them on IG. I'm sure their platforms find them. Uh, but just so you know, for the next time, there's something a bit wonky with that. And thanks to Christina Howard and our team for finding out. The link does work, but when you go deeper. But we can move on. Tamara, back to Got you. It. I think Appreciate that Dora and Christina may take it over from here but Tim we're back to you appreciate thank you guys. so much thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday 6 to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table